the Giants offense erupts again as they destroy the Pittsburgh Pirates. And these rookies, Casey Schmidt and Patrick Bailey, have just sparked this team and they're playing really good baseball and it has them in really good position where they can take advantage and put themselves in a good spot to make the postseason. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And coming up on today's show, so much to get to. The Giants' offense erupted again. Austin Slater came off the injured list and made an immediate impact. And there's a serious roster crunch looming, like serious, severe. And so we're going to speculate about how they're going to handle that. But just getting to the offensive eruption and how the rookies... Uh, Casey Schmidt and Patrick Bailey are largely, I mean, they're involved. They're not like the only two guys carrying this team, but they're, there's no doubt that when Casey Schmidt, uh, showed up, uh, things started to turn around for the Giants and, and just that youthful presence and, and having him do well. And same thing with Patrick Bailey, who, you know, a lot of, People were skeptical about his bat, especially from the right side. But man, he's done nothing but hit and do a good job leading the staff. And that's going to get into when we talk about the roster crunch. We're talking about guys like Joey Bart. And suddenly you're looking at Bailey, you've got Sable, and you're talking about Bart. And so a lot to get into there. But just yesterday, the Giants, they win 14 to 4. They have 18 hits in this game. They strike out three times for all my doom and gloomers who were ready to declare the Giants the worst team ever because of their 37% strikeout rate three games into the season. It's gotten more under control. They still are like second highest in terms of strikeout rate. But yesterday, three strikeouts, four walks, more walks than strikeouts and 18 hits for 14 runs they had a five run second inning a one run fourth and then an eight run seventh which was their largest inning in years and uh just overall the team is uh since april 22nd 22 and 13 is their record since april 22nd that's a 629 winning percentage it's funny we say percentage but that's a decimal a 62.9 winning percentage and in May, pretty much that same winning percentage at 63%, they are 17 and 10. And so they've just been on a roll and their record now is 28 and 26. And I just want to kind of look, take a look at some of the overall offensive numbers, but also not just factoring in offense, but also base running and defense, basically everything that goes into the non-pitchers on the team. How are they performing? According to Fangraphs, quite well. The Giants' position players 
as a whole rank seventh in Major League Baseball in Fangraphs wins above replacement. And wins above replacement is pretty simple. It, like I said, it's talking about offense, base running, and defense. And doing the proper adjustments like on defense, like it's more valuable valuable to be a good defensive shortstop than it is to be a good defensive first baseman. So it's making those adjustments properly. And according to Fangraphs, the Giants are that the Giants position players have been the seventh best group in all of Major League Baseball. And in the National League, there's the Dodgers, the Braves, the Cardinals, who have, you know, this crazy bad record, uh, but come in one tick ahead of the Giants here, and then the the Giants, and then the D-backs below the Giants, the Mets below the Giants, the Padres way below the Giants. Padres, my gosh, I mean, 221 batting average, 315 on base, 385 slugging. Simply put, the Padres have been a bad offensive team, just a below average offensive team. And anyway, uh, the Giants, their offense is has been uh, you know significantly better than average. And we, when we look at some of the individual performers, we can look at a number of guys. I mean, Tyra Estrada, who's on the injured list currently and factors into that uh, roster crunch when he comes back, has obviously been really good for the Giants this year. J.D. Davis has been really good for the Giants this year. Lamont Wade Jr., really good. Michael Conforto has come around and been good. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski has been solid. He had that good start. I.L. was slow to uh, get it back, but then he's kind of gotten it back recently. Blake Sable has done well. Uh, Casey Schmidt, we'll get, I want to specifically get into him and Patrick Bailey. And I don't know, Mitch Haniger has come around. He's hot. Like he's finally figured it out. It started seemingly in, you know, on the road trip. And he contributed again yesterday. There were five different Giants players who had three hits in yesterday's game, including Mitch Haniger, who went three for five with two doubles, I believe. Yeah, two doubles. And the homers, the Giants hit two homers, Austin Slater and Patrick Bailey. So let's just talk about Casey Schmidt and Patrick Bailey for a minute, just to describe what they've done and how they've energized this team. Casey Schmidt, he's only played in 20 games. It feels like he's been here longer, but only 20 games. And uh, he's hitting 342 with a 351 on base, which, you know, when you see such a small difference between the batting average and the on base percentage, of course, we're talking about a tiny walk rate. He did have his first walk uh, of the season in Milwaukee, one walk in 77 plate appearances. I think it's less about the walk totals and more about like just the at-bat quality and not chasing out of the zone. He knows he needs to work on it. And I think he's like he's managed to be productive even with the chase. Because if you if you throw it in the zone, the bat to ball skills and like the hit tool has been pretty impressive. And the ability to go line to line to hit for power as well has just been fun to watch and that doesn't even speak at all to the defense which has been great to watch uh and a 500 slugging by the way for casey schmidt and so look what i see is that the batting average on balls in play is 400 is and it's gonna come down and then the numbers aren't gonna look as good but are you gonna no one expects him hopefully to hit 342 all season but chasing less will be a key but he's just been a total shot in the arm and uh underrated as i said numerous times coming into the season people were down on the farm system at exactly the wrong moment because of some rankings 
And anyway, Patrick Bailey uh, is in that mix as well. A guy who at times was on some top 100 lists, but certainly not coming into this year. I didn't see him on any. And then he just has this meteoric rise. Double uh, A plays there for 14 games, does exceptionally well. Goes to triple A, plays for 14 games. And honestly, his offense wasn't good in triple A, but it was a small sample. And then they call him up to the major leagues with Joey Bart going on the IL and what has Patrick Bailey done? Well, he's hit 355 with a 375 on base and 645 slugging. It's obviously a small sample. He's only played nine games. Once again, it feels like he's been around. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like he's been around a while. But it's only been nine games for Patrick Bailey, but just very impressive offense. And then the defense, just like with Casey Schmidt, it's a similar story. You're just getting kind of beyond his years maturity and defensive ability from a guy who had his 24th birthday on uh yesterday when the giants pounded the pirates and patrick bailey was one of those guys with three hits he went three for five drove in four runs no strikeouts so things are looking up for a lot of these guys and then there's more youth coming i mean we're talking Luis matos is in triple a and doing well kyle harrison is very close and could be an impact player for the Giants. So, like I said, down on the farm system at the wrong time. But turning the page, we uh, a key player for the Giants is Austin Slater. Uh, apparently, he doesn't always get the respect he deserves. So we're going to dive into the mini controversy about Austin Slater and his return and how he made an, an immediate impact. We'll get into that in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, I love everything about FanDuel, including... Uh, great promotions every day. The safe and secure app. You don't want to be working on some janky app, right? It, and FanDuel is totally legit and safe and secure. Plus, you can get paid, not can, you do get paid instantly for your winnings. There's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, as promised, the return of Austin Slater and the mini controversy on Twitter that surrounded uh, the the return of Austin Slater. Um, basically, somebody I had never heard of who does radio, and I mean no disrespect whatsoever to this guy, but uh, had some, he was like, I'm looking forward to the day when Austin, we don't have to see Austin Slater anymore because he represents the purgatory of the Giants. And I'm just going to kind of explain why I think that's, wrong and i disagree thanks again for making lockdown giants your first listen every day every day is tomorrow on the show we're going to be breaking down a big game two against the pirates where the giants have a chance to win another series They're, they just keep winning series and then if you win game two you put yourself in a position where you can potentially sweep and the giants two games over 500 it's a it's an important point 
to kind of try to take off and get away from that 500 mark and get some separation from it. So we'll be breaking it down tomorrow. Can they do it? The Giants play the Pirates tonight at 645 Pacific. Uh, John Brevia, opener, who's done a great job in that role, by the way. He's like almost always throws a scoreless inning. I probably jinxed him. I He doesn't always throw a scoreless inning, but he'll be the starter and we'll see who follows. I imagine Sean Manaya will be in the mix. So catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Giants. So the Austin Slater conversation, again, no disrespect to this guy. He took it well. Uh, there was a lot of like quote tweeting uh, from what he said, which was like, okay, Austin Slater was activated. The Giants tweeted it out. And this guy who's a host for a local radio uh, sports radio station just said he looked forward to, I'll read you the exact line. No, no disrespect, he said, but with the youth movement, it'll be nice to no longer see names like Austin Slater. Yaz is barely holding on as well. And I know right now the prospects that are up our infielders. It just feels like there's a group of players that represent the Giants purgatory. And I just think that's wrong. There, there certainly were in the past and maybe, maybe still are some players who represent that purgatory. Uh, but it was more guys like uh, Jeff Samarja, Johnny Cueto, um, Joe Panic. frankly, no disrespect to panic, but uh, honestly, even like Evan Longoria, no disrespect, but I don't think like if you're if you're calling out Slater specifically, I think it's wrong because as, and I quote tweeted this as well, not to stir up any controversy, but just because the guy obviously has a little bit of influence being a radio host. So people listen to that. And I just I felt compelled to like share how valuable Austin Slater really is and that, you know, uh, he doesn't represent purgatory. He represents helping them win which is the whole point as you know Giants fans I think we can all agree that that's what we want more than anything is to win also you want some excitement you know people called the 107 team 107 win team boring in some ways but you know with the youth they have now plus guys like Austin Slater who do so well at what he does that's a recipe for success and so he came back made an immediate impact did what he does which is crushed left-handed pitching so my tweet was that Slater has been the fifth best hitter in baseball by weighted runs created plus which is like probably the gold standard for offensive of offensive metrics I could do a whole episode explaining exactly what it is but it's similar to OPS plus just a little bit more refined I think and anyway he's fifth best in major league baseball against left-handed pitching in this metric since 2020 among players with at least 400 plate appearances he's hit 294 against lefties since 2020 with a 394 on base which is the highest mark in major league baseball against left-handed pitching since 2020 with a 508 slugging it's a 149 weighted runs created plus which like i said is fifth best in major league baseball he slots in between on the leaderboard uh, Trey Turner, who's, I guess, fourth best with a 159 weighted runs created plus. And below Austin Slater is Austin Riley, this, you know, dangerous, like extremely dangerous, lethal right-handed big bat star on the Atlanta Braves. And so you're getting production somewhere between Trey Turner and Austin Riley anytime uh, Austin Slater steps into the steps up to the plate against a left-handed pitcher and 
so it's kind of insane to say that he represents a purgatory. No, no disrespect. Again, the guy took it well. He wasn't trying to start any fights or anything. And people can have their opinions. I just thought it was wrong, like incorrect. And then I remembered that there was this video uh, that had just been posted literally on May 25th, just five days ago, where Clayton Kershaw, the greatest pitcher of his generation, uh, it's like a, a little podcast with Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw. And Mookie asks Clayton, who are your top five toughest at bats? And he names off uh, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, like the best right-handed hitters in the National League. And then he said, but also sometimes it's those platoon righties. And then he he literally named Austin Slater and Wilmer Flores in like a short list of the toughest at bats for him. And like, think about it. Like I said, when he's facing a lefty, Slater has been a top five hitter in the game since 2020. And it's a significant number of plate appearances. You know, like I said, minimum 400 plate appearances, just tons of damage. He's he's gotten to Kershaw a lot. And so anyway, I mean, point taken, right? Like, let's not beat a dead horse. Austin Slater is a valuable member of the team. And sure enough, left-handed pitcher on the mound for the Pirates. They quickly, you know, activate Slater off the IL. He had a short little rehab assignment in Sacramento and Slater goes three for six with four runs driven in he hit a double and he hit a home run and so point taken I hope but and the guy said yeah I was wrong but then he ends up saying like I don't want to be a part of this like toxic group of Slater fans but it's not toxic it's just like telling it like it is and giving him the respect that he deserves. I think some people don't realize that, like like, like how good he is against left-handed pitching. So it's just the truth. He helps the Giants win games. He did it yesterday, and he'll continue to do it as long as he's here. So coming up in just a minute, there's a roster crunch. Like Slater came back, so they had to make a corresponding move. It was already a surprising move with optioning Tristan back. And they've got other guys, including Luke Jackson, who you may have forgotten about, but might be activated today. And that's going to require not only a you know somebody off the major league roster getting sent out to the minors, but uh also a corresponding 40-man move. So it's a it's a serious roster crunch, and we'll get into it in just a minute. But first. All right, as promised, we are going to discuss the impending roster crunch, not just about Luke Jackson, who we mentioned a second ago, but what about Tyro? What about Jock Peterson? What about Joey Bart? They've they've got a major league roster like full of guys who are performing well, and then a bunch of players coming back who like are guaranteed spots, like I said, with Tyro and Jock and uh, Luke Jackson, who was a significant acquisition in the offseason coming off Tommy John surgery. So anyway... Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, we'll, we'll be talking about can the Giants keep it going? They're red hot and they're facing the Pittsburgh Pirates. And as I said yesterday, coming into the game, Pirates are outperforming expectations for them. They're, they were expected to be one of the worst teams in the league. They actually started out through 28 games. They had the best record in the National League at 20 and 8. But now their record is 26 and 27. So they've only won six games and they've lost 19 since that 20 and 8 start. So Giants will look to continue to keep the, you know, kicking them while they're down 
Uh, they face the Pirates tonight at 6.45 Pacific, facing the righty uh, Oviedo. I think it's Johan Oviedo, who has a 4.70 ERA. Like I said, Brebbia getting the start for the Giants. You can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. So, uh Getting to the roster crunch, by the way, just shout out also, random shout out, Brandon Crawford had himself a nice game yesterday as well, so it's good to see him. I have nothing but the utmost respect for Crawford, and I hope it never came across as anything different than that, when I've said, like, Casey Schmidt was kind of taking over that shortstop spot, and Crawford is, you, you can't stay good forever, and he's getting up there in age, and he really wasn't performing well offensively or defensively at times this season, but... He had a nice game yesterday. He went three for three and uh, also drew a walk and played some good defense. So great. Uh, and I think his most recent game, the last game in Milwaukee, was also good. So I wanted to just give a shout there to Crawford. But the roster crunch is looming. And it could start today with the possible activa- activation of Luke Jackson, who you may have forgotten about Uh I kind of, I didn't forget about him, but was not, um, it kind of snuck up on me that his eligibility to return was today or yesterday. Uh, basically they signed him in the off season to be a big part of their bullpen, but he was coming off Tommy John. And so they knew he wasn't going to be ready at the start of the season. This is a guy who was a big part of that world champion Atlanta Braves 2021 bullpen had a 1.98 ERA peripherals were not that good not as good as that but he had some really good seasons with the Atlanta Braves and he's he's coming like there's no question they envision him as part of their bullpen and he could be activated but he was on the 60-day IL so like I said not only do you have to make a corresponding move on the major league roster but you also have to make a corresponding move on the 40-man roster which is currently full and so like you have to DFA somebody or put somebody on the 60-day injured list so Susan Slusser of the Chronicle speculated that you could see a DFA of somebody like um, Matt Beatty. And I, I tend to agree that that's a that's that's a distinct possibility when it comes to like optioning guys to get them off the major league roster. There are some certainly some candidates. I was surprised yesterday that when Slater was activated, the corresponding move was to option Beck as opposed to optioning Bryce Johnson. But I. I kind of get it now because Beck had just pitched the previous day. And so he obviously wasn't going to pitch yesterday. And so they wanted to keep Johnson while uh, he could actually play yesterday. And I think today, if they activate Jackson, that Bryce Johnson is the one who will get optioned. And you could possibly see like a DFA of somebody like Bryce Johnson. He was already DFA'd before. I don't think they want to do that, but... It's nothing is really off the table. They, like I said, they did do this last year. They DFA'd him when they needed a 40 man spot. And so it's possible it could be him. I think Beatty is probably more likely. Uh, David VR is also an option candidate, but with Tyra Estrada on the injured list, I think that VR kind of fills that role fills the role of a, of a guy who's out versus Bryce Johnson with Slater back doesn't, have like a real role and so i expect bryce johnson will be optioned when luke jackson comes back and when we talk about tyro estrada coming back i think that's a simple uh optioning of david vr when we talk about uh 
Jock Peterson coming back. It gets a little bit more. I guess uh, Brett Wisely is a, is another guy who can be optioned, and probably that would be him. So I guess there are kind of answers for all of those moves, but the real question for me is when Joey Bart comes back or is eligible to come back, I don't really see – you've already optioned wisely in this scenario. You've already optioned David VR and you've optioned Bryce Johnson. So like there, there's nobody else that I can look to. Uh, I guess, I mean, on the pitching side, they're already currently at 14 pitchers and – uh, 12 position players but I expect or is it no sorry there are 14 position players and 12 pitchers but with Luke Jackson being activated and I think Bryce Johnson probably getting sent out it would be 13 and 13 and so I, I don't know with jo- I think Joey Bart I've heard multiple reporters have said they plan to hold three catchers with Bart and Bailey and Sable, but I don't necessarily see where the corresponding move would be. And so it's a possibility that somebody gets optioned. And right now, how do you option Patrick Bailey? And so it's possible that the the solution is simply that you have to option Joey Bart, which would be unfortunate for him personally. And also, like, I just haven't loved what I've seen from Blake Sable behind the plate. But then if he's not a catcher, what is he? When you say, okay, he's a DH. But when Jock Peterson is back, Jock Peterson is that left-handed DH. Then you say, okay, well, he's an outfielder. But then there's no room in the outfield. You've got Hanniger and Conforto as everyday players. And then you've got a platoon that makes up a good everyday player with, like I said, Slater crushing lefties in the outfield when there's a a lefty on the mound. And then Yastrzemski obviously has a role and a clear spot when there's a righty on the mound. And so it's, you know, sometimes these problems take care of themselves. Somebody gets injured and it becomes a non-story. But I guess, I mean, I I don't know how they carry all three of Sable, Bart, and Bailey, given everything I just said and who, I mean, I, I honestly just don't see it. Tell me if you, I mean, they could option like Ryan Walker, the reliever with the funky crossfire delivery, but then you'd be going with uh, 14 position players and 12 pitchers for like an extended period of time. And I guess they could do that for like a few days, but at some point something has to give. And uh, I don't know what it would be. If Sable struggles, he could be, they could trade for his full rights with the pirates and they could option Sable, but he's done enough to warrant being here. So Anyway, like I said, it's a serious roster crunch, and it's a good problem to have when you have too many players that seemingly belong in in your major league, on your major league roster, and you don't have enough room for them all. That is a good problem to have, and that's where the Giants are, and that's why they're playing so well. Frankly, is because they've got some good players playing well and some good young players proving that they belong here. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow. You know what we'll be discussing. Can the Giants beat the Pirates, stay red hot, improve to 29 and 26, improve on their current playoff position? 
Uh, the Giants play the Pirates tonight at 6.45 Pacific. Catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like the show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Helps me out a lot, so thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening today. You are now Locked on Giants.